Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. Hebrews chapter 3. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and, and high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. For this one has, has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who builds the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but he who builds all things is God. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which would be spoken after, afterward. Afterward, but Christ as a son over his own house, whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of our hope firm to the end. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, as the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts in the rebellion, as in the rebellion in the day of in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tested me and tried me and saw my works 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter. They shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart of, of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exalt one another daily whilst it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we, for we, have, come, uh, we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confession steadfast to the end. While... It is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion. Amen. Amen. That's a long one. Last, last Sunday, I spoke about how we are the house of Christ. And he is the builder. We are his house. And I spoke about how Moses is a servant, but Christ is the son over his own house. And I continue to dwell a lot more on the verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 3, which talks about um, Christ being the house, whose house we are, if we hold fast. And I explain that the holding fast, if we, the if there, is not talking about if we do not hold fast, then we will lose our salvation. That's not what it is suggesting. But what it's suggesting is that if we are saved, we will hold fast to the end. Right, that, that's very important. If you are really saved, you will hold fast to the end. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, it said, I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor death, nor any other created things shall be able to separate us from the love of God 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. So we don't start in his love and somewhere along the line, you know, if we don't hold fast, we are separated from his love. Praise the Lord. So I spoke last week, I said how, I spoke about how it's so important to understand that once here, it's, just, it's not just talking about um, you are born again and um, you are trying and then somewhere along that you are not holding fast to the end, so you are no more the house of God. We are actually the house of God. He has built us as his house. Um, he, he chose us before we were born. That's very significant. In Romans chapter 8, you remember it talks about how for those he foreknew. So before you were saved, he already knew you. And those he he knew, those he foreknew, he predestined. Those he foreknew, his Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed. So pre, pre is before you became conformed, you already been chosen to be conformed. All right, and then those, so then those he, to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first one among many brethren. And those he, uh, those it will conform to the image, of, and those he predestined, he called. Who, who does he call? The next verse, 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 verse the next verse. More of our prejudice, he called. Who does he call? Who does he call? From this text, who does he call? Those he predestined. Okay, for those who he predestined, these he also called. That word also, when you're reading the Bible and come across certain words, that word also is a very important word. He did two things. Like he did, so he, 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 for instance, okay, if I called you, those I called, I also, I just didn't call them. I also did something besides the calling. See, I did, I did something else, not only. So they also connects to something has been done or something and then this too. So those he predestined, that's not all. He also, so the same one who predestined is the same one. He didn't just predestine. That means that you can't talk about the predestination and leave the calling. Because you can't say someone has been predestined but he didn't call. No, he said those who were predestined, he also called. That, does that make sense? And um, just like um, Abraham in Romans chapter 4, verse, I think, 21. Yeah, I think it should be 2021 there, where Bible talks about Abraham was fully persuaded or convinced that he who had promised was also. He doesn't just promise and can't do it. If he promised, that means that he's also able to. So that, that kind of also tells you that he did, one, you, you can't separate the other from the, one from the other. They go together. They, they are, uh, uh, po they, they, there's a positive correlation between them. This happens if this happens, then this will also happen. If it rains, the, the ground will be wet. If it rains, it will also be wet. You can't say it rain. It can, okay, let, let the rain fall. Let's pour the water here. I only poured the water. Uh, the water was poured, but it didn't get wet. It, once you pour the water on something, it gets wet. It also, if the water comes, then it, if the water comes on it, it also wet, make it wet. Are you getting there also? So now back to the text. He said, um, um, those he predestined, he also called. And not just that, those he called, 
he also justifies. Remember justification? Justification, not by works. Right? So we are justified by grace through faith. Remember that? And very clearly, he said, not, not of works. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not of works. So then, uh, I like the way Romans chapter 3 puts it. It talks about, but the righteousness of God outside the law, apart from the law, has been, has been revealed. Romans chapter 3, verse uh, I think 20, 22, somewhere there. The righteousness apart from the law. So that's the justification. We are justified by faith. So those he called, those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified. Who are the, who are the people God justified? Excuse me. Those he called. All right. And who are the people who uh, God, those he, who, um, he, uh, who, those who he, he glorifies? So those and those who, uh, and, and whom he justified, he doesn't just justify you. You are not just born again to stay like that. If you are justified, other things come. Do, do you understand that? I mean, he married her and brought her to his house. He didn't marry her to leave her in his father. I married her and also brought her. It just comes together. So you can't say I'm married, but I still, I still live in my, my father's house. I can't go into his house. I can't live. Then he didn't actually marry you. Marry you. Mm. I can't be with him, even though we are married. I get what I'm saying. Mm. So, or oh, I've paid. I've, I've, I was owing him. I've paid everything. I don't owe him. I've paid the money, and yet he still doesn't want to give me the my stuff. There's no just so the point here is that those he justified, he also they also you see they also. But if you stretch it to its its logical conclusion, the whole explanation that stands to imply that those he glorified were those he predestined. Yeah. That, that's because it, it didn't do it outside. If those he predestined, he also called. Okay. Those he, those he, those he foreknew, all right, sorry. Those he foreknew, he predestined. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he also called. It's the same people. It's the same person. And if you went, if you are in university, you are this, uh, the teacher who taught you in class uh, uh, year one or year five. You remember, you went to year one. You went to year two. It's the same person. The fact that you are in university doesn't mean you are not in year one at a point in time. It's that same person. The fact that you are a president or a prime minister or an MP doesn't mean no teacher taught you. The fact that you are elected the best lecturer or the best professor in the country doesn't mean at the point that you, no one was teaching you. So it's, it's just a, a progression. All right, so now back to verse 6 of Hebrews chapter 3. It, it talks about if we, we are his house, if you hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of our hope. today, And I spoke about hope. Remember, I spoke about our hope in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 and 18. It talks about this hope goes beyond the veil. And I talk about 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. We are called into a living hope. Oh, man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So now, looking at that text again, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. But Christ as a son over his own house. Watch this. I, we have to. This is how I normally read my Bible. 
No text in the scriptures is stand alone. That's why in theological circles you'll be told you cannot take a text out of context to make it a pretext. Because it's coming from somewhere. So if you yank it out of its context, it loses its meaning. And then you can make, give it, that's how people misinterpret the Bible. Because they take it out of context and give it a, a different meaning and they dress it differently by the, the way they want it to look. And it looks something they say, oh no, it's not like that. No, if you, every statement is related to the context. It's made within a certain context. So there are several few contexts, the grammatical context, the cultural context. So when he's, he's saying that when you go to church, let the women keep, remain silent, you have to look at the context in which he was saying that. The, the context of the, the grammatical context, or gr grammatical context, and the cultural context as well, and the historic context. Historic, in those times, how things were done. You can't say Abraham uh, or David married other women, many women. And that's in the Bible, so you can also marry more women. You have to understand the historic context. You can't say David sent his men to be killing certain people, and so you, or even God himself, opened the earth, swallowed people. So the, it, you must understand the historic context, the grammatic context, and the, very importantly, the cultural context. And that text, actually, if you read it very well, there's a place it talks about, let the women remain silent in the church. If they have a question, let them ask their husbands, he said, let the woman remain silent. Give me the King James itself, the King James. It talks, it talks about the King James, King James. He said, let your we, women keep silent in the church. For it's not permitted unto them to speak. But they are commanded to be under obedience. <laughs> Is that not interesting? Is that not interesting? Sisters, is that not interesting? Don't speak. If you speak, it means that you are not obedient. You are commanded to be obedient. That's just interesting. If they will learn anything, let them ask. Who are they? they? Contextual. So the women there must be talking about a particular type of woman. No, because let them ask their husband. But this one has, is she not a woman? But has she got a husband? So is Bible trying to say that every woman, or oh, she waits if he gets married to she keep quiet to get married. No, that's not what the Bible is saying. So you have, to, you have to read it within its context. Other than that, you yank it out of its context to make it a pretext. Don't take a text out of context to make it a pretext. Other than that, you become a protester. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, let's go to Hebrews. So Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, it says that that's why I, I always, when I'm re especially when you are doing biblical exegesis, when you are doing... You are trying to explain a text. You don't take a text and disconnect it from the other. But then some statements are so true that they can even stand on their own. Just that statement is true, right? So there are, there are a lot of true statements, but if you want to get the whole picture of everything that is being said, then you might as well look at the whole context. That helps you. So within, within a context or within an explanation, the explanation will be made up of a lot of true statements. But if you take the true statement, they can stand on their own. But if you take it out and disconnect it fully from that text, you can end up in errors because it was said under that, within that context, even though it's generally true. You can take a generally true statement and put it, insert it into another generally false 
statement and just for it to give credence to that generally false statement because there's a general truth there. But that's how people misinterpret the Bible. Someone will say, okay, but this one is written this way. This one, so who is correct? The text is correct. It's the text. There's nothing wrong with the text. There's everything wrong with possibly your exegesis or your hermeneutics. The interpretation, the interpretation is what the problem, where the problem is. But the text has not got a problem. So then if we, are, if we can be taught proper principles of hermeneutics, of, of, of interpretation, it can save us from a lot of frustration. For instance, someone will tell you that tithing is not New Testament. And they will quote some scriptures to support it. What people don't realize is that there are different, different types of instructions in there. There are ceremonial laws, there are civil laws, okay, there are ritual laws. And we are not in those rituals. But some of the civil laws or moral laws are standard. That's what we get, the Ten Commandments. They are moral laws. But when it says that do not go into the temple with your shoes or something like that, those were the ceremonial laws, which, were, which are not applied to us. Text, say text. Hebrews chapter, chapter 3, verse 6. It says that whose house we are, if we hold fast, hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of our home, hope firm to the end. Now, the next verse. I like the next verse, how it starts. What's that word? If you study your text very carefully, you find out there are a lot of, look at chapter 3, verse 1. What does it say in chapter 3, verse 1? Therefore. Therefore. And if you look at Hebrews, there are a lot of therefore. So he's telling you something for you to understand something, to take some steps. So he said, therefore, Therefore, so after talking about, in Hebrews chapter 2, the last verse, verse 17 and 18, talking about Christ, our high priest, who has passed through the heavens, and um, um, he, he's a faithful high priest. He became, you know, all that, you know what I'm saying? That it is necessary that he becomes like us, so that he can be a merciful and a faithful high priest. Mm. Then verse 18 talks about we have a helper in Christ, who is a helper, aids us when we are tempted. Watch this, when we are tempted. Then, see, when you're reading the Bible, like, let me show you something. When you want to do a good Bible studies, sometimes you have, to, you have to turn a blind eye on the chapter demarcations. Because the chapter is just the um, writers. Of the, but original, original, there are no chapters. Even the Hebrew and the Greek, original, there are no commas and the uh, punctuation marks and all that. By the interpret, interpreters, they, are, they, they look at it and so not the, the, the translators, they look at it and say, okay, this is how we speak English. I'm sure there may be certain languages that may not have punctuation marks or some stuff like that. So if you don't take care of in translating it, you may put it where, for instance, sometimes you know that just a punctuation mark can, can change the whole meaning of a text. Yeah. Just a punctuation. Where you put the comma changes everything. Where you put the full stop can change everything. There are some places there may not be full stop. It's a continuation. But you put the full, full stop there. In fact, as I was preparing, I came across something that's very interesting. Um, we will later look into it, but let me just out of your uh, curiosity, your curiosity. <laughs> let, let, me, let me point. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 3, it's something we're actually going. Verse, um, Hebrews chapter 3 from verse 7, that's actually where we're going anyway. So, so Hebrews chapter, chapter 2, verse 18, it says that, um, we have someone who helps us when we are tempted. Then look at the next verse. Continuation. Don't bother about it. So sometimes you watch very carefully. When I'm asking the next verse, I don't ask, let's move to the next chapter. Just the, because it's a continuation. Now he said, therefore, holy brethren, because we have someone who is helping us. We have it there. So therefore, so that 
Every other thing he's saying after that is predicated on what he has been saying before. So you can't lose sight of what he's been saying in, you, and grasp, gain a, a good comprehension of what he's saying again, what, or be able to practice effectively the next thing he's saying if you lose sight of what he's been saying. Does that, that make sense? So that therefore just connects, is that actually this is being built on this. This is being built on this, and this is being built. So he has to lay the foundation. He has to say what is necessary, the first, the precedence, and then follow because of this. this. So therefore, it's very important when you're reading the Bible, especially Hebrew is littered. Hebrews is littered or fraught with therefores, therefores, therefore. Warnings. Anytime you see therefore, it's about to give you a warning. He's talking and therefore, because of this, because Hebrews always refer, he's taking the Old Testament, taking how God has been working, taking the things in the Old Testament, showing you how Christ is better than the Old Testament, how our Christ is different, how Christ, therefore you too, therefore. And so Hebrews chapter 6 verse 7, it says that therefore, I found it very interesting, therefore, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7, he said, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, that's a very interesting but as I said, just to satisfy your curiosity, let me show you something about punctuations. As I was studying, I saw something. You know, today, if you hear your, his voice, if you hear his voice, okay, go to the next verse. If you hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the day of rebellion, in the day of trial, and, world, uh, and in the world, uh, trial in the wilderness, verse, verse, verse 9, where your fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my works 40 years. The next verse, 40 years. Therefore, I was... Now, this is a quotation from the Old Testament, from the Psalm, Psalm 95. All right, so open... Now, let's open our Bibles. You want to go to Hebrews? Let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 3. And then, um, the one on the screen, put Psalm 95. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 3. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Therefore, verse 7, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, okay, today, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. I, I, can you see that in your Bibles? All right, let's all read it, verse 7 again. Let's go. Okay, verse 7 of Psalm 95. Verse 7, then it starts from today, if you hear his voice. That's where he quoted from. Hebrews quoted from today, if you hear it. He left the first part, if you hear his voice. Look at verse 8. Do not harden your heart, as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. Okay, I want to just con connect, as you look in your Bible, and inside your Bible, if it's just the same, virtually the same, but no slight changes, especially. I saw something. Go to the next verse. When, uh, when your fathers, this one, in your Bible, you say, where? Am I right? Where your fathers? But that's, that's just, okay, depending on how. Where your fathers tested me and tried me. You tested and tried, but in your version, what does it say? In the Hebrew, what does it say? Tested me, uh huh? Tried me. Through, uh, uh, sorry, though, that, 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 though they saw, saw my works. How does it put in your, your uh, Hebrews? Huh? You, see, you see that? See, they, so read, read, read from the, the saw my works. Verse 9. Let's read the verse 9 together. Let's go. You see where the full stop is? They, they tested me, tried me, and saw my work for 40 
Yes. Let's read the one on the screen. Some where is quoted from? When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my word. Look at the next verse. For forty years. Are you getting what I'm saying? There's a full stop in the other one. So full stop, comments, punctuation can change the meaning of the whole text. So okay, was that a misquotation? Hopefully next week I will just. We are not dealing with Psalms here. It's not a misquotation. But just this, this out of curiosity, just to know that sometimes, and then, and then there's, there's a, I think when I was growing up in my Christian work very early, there's a Isaiah chapter uh, uh, um, 59 verse 19, that where it talks about, though the enemy will come in like a flood, the Spirit of God said, uh, and his glory, is that, is that it? Is that 19? Yes. Well, like, yeah, good. When the enemy comes in like a flood, comma, the Spirit of God will rise up a standard against him. I remember I was taught in school, in church, sorry. My pastor, sometimes, some pastors say that, no, where the comma is, is wrong. The comma should come um, after the in. So when it says that when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of God will live. You know? So it depends on where. So now that like a flood, it's either where the comma in will be meaning, will be referring either to the enemy or the spirit, depending on where the comma is. Do you understand that? So if the comma is before, like, is, uh, before the like, then the flood is referring to the spirit. If the comma is after the flood, the flood is referring to the enemy. So the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God will lift up a standard against the enemy. Or the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of God will lift up a standard. <laughs> it's very interesting. So uh, just, just for your information as Bible students, amen. amen. Hebrews chapter... Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, the psalm were written by people, but when he's quoting, when he was quoting, remember this, when he was quoting Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, he said, as the Spirit says, as the Holy Spirit, did you see that? As the Holy Spirit says, not even said. So what he said in Scripture, is still saying. As the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't, it was David who wrote the psalm, or as a, yeah, they wrote under the Bible says that holy men of God were carried, were moved by the Holy Spirit. All scripture is given by the inspiration, first schedule chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine. So um, as the Spirit, as the Holy Spirit says, okay, as the Holy Spirit says, but you should have said, as he said in Psalm. And then sometimes they said, as David prophesied. There are times he said, as Moses said. And they are quoting the author of the Bible, the, one, the author of that text. They are quoting it. But then it's, it's, it's said that as the Lord said through David, as the Lord said through Moses, as, there are times you say, as Moses said, other times you say, as the Spirit of God said. All right. So you, when you study Hebrew very carefully, you notice that it, it keeps quoting. And sometimes you say, as David said, or as it was said, or as the scripture says, or as the Holy Spirit says. For instance, Hebrews chapter 1. Um, um, Hebrews chapter 1 verse 5 said, For to which of the angels has he ever said? Then he quotes again. And then he quotes verse 6. He says that you are the firstborn. He quotes verse 7. And of the angel, he says. Of the angel, God says. And then he quotes again. He's quoting from the Old Testament. But he said, God says. And then verse 8. But to the son, he says. Okay, and verse 10, and it continues what God is saying, and then verse 13 said, to which of the angels has he ever said, then he quotes. So it's just, 
is just supposing that I expect you to know that everything that was said in the Old Testament was actually God who is saying whatever he said about angels, that's God God said. And now here he says that as the Holy Spirit said, or as the Holy Spirit says, what did the Holy Spirit say? Hey, what did the Holy Spirit say? Well, remember, remember, he said, therefore, as the Holy Spirit said, today, if you hear his voice, what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed not to do? He says, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Then he's beginning to quote history. Others did it, but today, don't do it. And guess what? When he was talking to them at that time, it was today. Today. It, it actually, that word was written in that time today. But it's being referred, and this particular text was in Hebrews chapter 3 and 4, was referred to four times. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 7, he quoted it. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, he just said today. He just used that today. That's all. Hebrews chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 13, he used that. That's why it's in quotation mark. He quotes today. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, he quotes today. If you hear his voice, don't hurt in the heart. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 7, he quotes again today. So watch this. That should tell us that these, all these texts, today, they are connected. Whatever he's saying around that today, they are connected to each other. That's what we are going to find out in a minute about the rest of God, the Sabbath rest. Hey! The Sabbath rest. What is the Sabbath day? Which day is the Sabbath day? What does God mean by the Sabbath? We are going to... <laughs> are you ready to know that? Not today. <laughs> Not, but we have to talk about hardiness of hearts. Because, they, watch this. Said, oh, verse 7. As the Holy Spirit says, today, if you hear his voice, verse 8, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion, in the day of trial in the wilderness. Let's move on. Where your fathers tested me and saw my works. Forty years they tested God. God has patience. Forty years. Say, me, I had enough. I had enough. I've been married for five years and it's too much now. Forty years <laughs> they tested God. They saw his works. They saw his works. They tested God. He said that as they tested me for 40 years and saw my, uh, uh, and saw my works 40 years, verse 10, therefore I was angry with that generation and said they, uh, they always go astray in their hearts. Where? In their hearts. So they can show up in church, but they are astray in their hearts. Those are the people who have been testing God. <laughs> for 40 years. He'll be shouting in church, hallelujah. They will still go back. They will still go back. Why? Because it's their Remember, he said, as the Holy Spirit says today, if, if you, you hear, if you hear his voice, don't harden. You know God is talking to you. He said, don't harden your heart. You know he's talking to you. It's different if you didn't know. But he said, you know he's. The pastor is saying what he doesn't know what he's saying. But you know what he's saying. You know what God is saying to you. Not the one talking, but I said, that's why I said, ask the Holy Spirit. If you hear his, the his is capital. If you hear God's voice today, if you hear, not tomorrow. Don't wait out when he talks to me again tomorrow. Today! Don't defer, don't postpone obedience. Sir, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. As in the day of rebellion, as your father tested me and saw my wife for 40 years and, and said, they are always, they always, they were, our God was, therefore I was angry with that generation. They always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. Okay? That's, that's interesting. God, Bible says that God revealed his ways to Moses by revealing his acts to the children of Israel. 
um, I think in Psalm 107, verse 5. Did you say 103, Psalm, Psalm 1? Somewhere there, it talks about how God revealed his ways to Moses. So some people, they only see his acts. They are not matured. So they don't know God's ways. What, what's the difference between God's ways and God's act? God's act is what he's doing. You see what he's doing. Yeah. By his ways, he's leading from one. So then if you know God's way, you may go through some difficulty and you know he's still working it. Mm. You know God's ways. You know that the fact that God said, I'm going to bless you and suddenly attacks start coming your way doesn't mean God won't bless you. You know God's ways. Maturity, the more you are maturing God, the more you know his ways. It's children who just see the ask, God, oh, why? We are hungry, God. I've lost my job. I don't have this. Oh, God, why this? Oh, God, why? That's act. So they see things happening, and they conclude, God doesn't love me. God has forsaken me. Look, I may be upset with God. God, I've been praying. He's not answering my prayers. I prayed about this exam, and Lord, I still failed. You won't say, I learned to. I said, I prayed about this exam, and I still failed. You should say, I prayed about this exam, and I studied very hard. I studied very hard and I still feel maybe that course is not yours, then try another one. <laughs> but ways of God. They did not know the ways of God. Bible says that because their hearts were astray, they went astray in their hearts, said but they did not know his ways. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8, uh, verse, sorry, verse 10. It says that, verse, verse 10 that, and said, they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, what? They will, they shall not enter my rest. Mm-hmm. Say rest. Rest. This is also. God swore that this guy they won't enter my rest. In his wrath. Ah, you will not enter my rest. He said, therefore, therefore, as the spirit says, as the today, if you you're, you're not entering his rest, has a lot everything to do with you hearing his voice and hardening your heart. Choosing that I still will do it the way I've, I've planned to do it. Maybe next week I'll change. But now I want to go ahead with what my, my propositions. Harden your heart. He said you can't enter his rest. Are you, are you surprised why afterwards you are praying some prayers, it's not happening, you are not Because you hardened your heart when he spoke to you, when you heard his voice. Wow. And he, you want him to hear your voice and act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that is the day of provocation. He said in the day of provocation, when we hear his voice and harden our hearts, we are just provoking God to show us his works. And 40 years, that generation, none of them entered the promised land. For 40 years. So. They, he, took them, he brought them out of Egypt to take them to the promised land, but none of them, apart from Joshua and Caleb, including Moses. Because Moses went to God complaining, why have you sent me to deliver them? Am I the one who gave birth to them? <laughs> Numbers 11, 11 and 12. I might have won't give birth to them. Why have you sent me to this? He was complaining, but that's not why he didn't enter. He didn't enter because God told him. The people provoke him so much. God, God told him that, um, speak to the rock for water to come. He went and used his rod and hit the rock. And he, he disobeyed God out of his anger. So some, some pastors, nobody said Moses had an anger problem. That's why he killed the Egyptian. Before God called him, his anger thing. That's what didn't make him go to the promised land. I don't know who I'm talking to. But <laughs> hot anger. Most didn't go to promised land because of it. He didn't go to the land. Now, when in, in those days, Canaan was the physical rest for them. Time will not permit it. That's what I was going to show you. 
Canaan. But in our time, it's not just Canaan. The rest has to, the Sabbath, the Sabbath rest is in two ways, which this week I'm sure we'll go into that. But in chapter 4, it's really more about the Sabbath rest, chapter 4. So chapter 3 leading to chapter 4, we will deal with that. But then they, they hardened in, you see, hardness of heart, as in Hebrews chapter, chapter 3, verse 13, it says that, therefore, that another therefore shows up again. All right? Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12. Let, 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 let me read from the Bible. Um, verse 12. So, so I saw my one. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort, so verse 13, but exhort one another daily, whilst it's called to. You see, see then, then not just today. Remember, that today is talking about whilst you are hearing God's voice. And God speaks in the today. God, God, God will not defer what he has to say to you to, to tomorrow. So some of you, sometimes you may hear something, when you may, it may not even be related to you, but you know that God is speaking to you. It's not by accident. There's a reason why you almost didn't come, but you came. Somebody's listening right now. There's a reason why you just locked on. And whilst I'm speaking, God is actually speaking. You are hearing the voice of God. And don't defer your actions. Because when you defer your actions, you put yourself in the realm of not entering the rest of God. That's where the struggles are. The struggles are doing it apart from the directions the voice of God brings us. Is someone learning something? So, hardness of heart. Our hearts can easily be hardened. Acts chapter 19, verse 9. It talks about Paul preached the word, but when some were hardened, they were listening, but they couldn't be bothered. Really? I, I know. I know that it's me. Pastor is saying that because of me. I know that. That's, that's the hardness, hardened heart talking. You know? And because Pastor saw me in the other time, so that's why I say, and you're so important that Pastor will hide down everybody and begin to address you. You are very important, Mr. Obama. <laughs> that's hardness of heart and it's, 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 you're missing God ask God, God what are you saying to me I receive your word with meekness that's why I say with meekness receive with meekness then graft the word of God which is able to save your soul I receive with meekness I receive. that's why you have to be careful who reinterprets the word of God as you have heard God's word preached and you have heard God you close and say oh me uh, me uh. be careful the commentators of the messages you hear you hear the message, you know God spoke to you. Somebody say, no, this one is too hard. Let's wait, we can practice this later. <laughs> we'll practice it some years later, but now, I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, what we are doing, let's keep doing it because that is a hardiness of heart. That's why I remember verse, he said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden. Whose responsibility? It's not God. He says it, and it's up to you whether to check, take it or not. Paul, when they heard Paul speaking, the Bible said they were hardened. And they will not believe. They were hardened and spoke evil of the way. Hardiness of heart is part of. Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. The heart of man in um, Jeremiah chapter seventeen verse nine said the heart of man is desperately wicked. Your heart can distract you. So it says that uh, it says that um, let's exalt each other. Time will not be. I have to end it. It's, this thing is loaded. Let's exalt each other. What is called today? Exaltation. Somebody doing it. It connotes responsibility. Okay, so accountability and responsibility. Let's exhort. Someone has a responsibility to exhort, to and someone has the accountability to respond to the, the exhortation. Living account, it's like a Christian life. Let's exhort each other, each other. That's why you can't be a Christian by yourself, just alone. Can't be a, because it's an each other life. It's a one another life. 
Do you understand that? So when you are sitting near somebody and the person is sleeping, just say hallelujah, hallelujah. It's yeah. one another. It's just one another. Other than that, if you don't do that, somebody's heart will be hardened. I, I thought I would go far. We are going to talk about the deceitfulness of sin. How sin is deceitfulness, deceitful. I'm going to talk about hardness. I'm going to talk about mini rest. There are a few things loaded in this text. But then, as it were, I think we may have to just call it a day on this. That God swore that they would not enter his rest. Because Bible, let me read it again the verse 10. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they, they always go astray in their hearts and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God I exhort one every I'll take you from next week. Exhort one another daily, whilst it's called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The deceitfulness of sin. Said so no one should say you are being tempted by God, but it you have drawn by your own lust is inside you. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is born, it gives it, it as a result in death. James chapter 1, verse 14, 15, and 16. Your own last, something in you. Can you imagine? Ah! In Romans 7, 11, it says that I wanted to do the right thing, but sin inside me deceived me. It says that for sin, taking occasion of the commandment, deceived me and killed me. Sin, sin is a deceiver. The deception of sin. He said, lest you be heartened by the deception of sin. It, be, it looks like it's giving you a promise. It, it gives you false promise. F- makes you build false hopes. Yeah, sorry, false hopes. Makes you build castles in the air. Oh, if I can. It told Eve, if you can eat this thing, you'll be like God. Come on. Come on, Eve. Go ahead, Eve. Come on. Don't listen to that pastor. Come on. You'll be freed of my days. I didn't know what you had done. This is the enjoyment of life properly. Don't mind me. trying to deceive you from God. Come on. Come on. And then your heart is, dece- is hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Mm. So you choose that. No, I think it's better to do this thing. Mm. I won't listen to God. That's hardness of heart. Why? Because you think this is better. Sin is deceiving you. Mm. How do you deal with that? Expose yourself to Christians who will be exhorting you every day. Because I said today, every day, I, I like this, I like this. And so why do you have a problem in coming to church every day? <laughs> or going to fellowship every day? Or sitting with some Christians and sharing the word of God every day? God has, listen to this. Remember I said, give us this day, our, our, weekly, our weekly manner. Daily bread. What, am, what have I got to say? God has got something to tell you every day. Do you hear what I say? God has got, read your Bible, pray. It's not for Sunday school. It's for, it's for particularly you more. The more you are growing, that is for you, not for Sunday. The more you are growing, both spiritually and physically, you read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day. Read your Bible, not have some coffee. <laughs> Check your emails, check your WhatsApp, check your uh, Facebook. That's the one I was saying. Go on Facebook. (laughs) No, no, no. You have to read your Bible and pray. Why? Because God has got something to say to you every day. And if you miss that, you are missing rest. 
you are missing rest. You are sentencing yourself to hard labor. Does that make sense why Aluta continues? You are praying, but you are not hearing God's voice. Or maybe you are hearing God's voice, but you are hardening your heart. And so you are not enjoying rest. Life has become a long, one long chain of wahala. Struggle. Challenge. It's we who bring it upon ourselves. I believe today someone has said God's voice. And someone is going to soften your heart and embrace God's word. In Jesus' name. Did you receive something? Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.